Well, there's nothing like your headphone knobs getting changed around before you go on the air to remind you, oh, it's 7 a.m., you're awake, it's Thursday, January 4th, and you're listening to Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. We're broadcasting live from downtown St. Louis at the Seek 24 conference. It's hard to believe it's really the last full day. Uh, Patty Schneier, it has been... You know, I said last night, it, it, it's felt like three weeks and it's only been three days. I know, but because it's simply because we've packed so much in um, and we've met so many people and have been engaging so many uh, college students and we've just been on the go all weekend. It's just been incredible, though. I, I, I know a lot of people came down to the Dome last night, but I know, of course, so many couldn't be here. And uh, we've, been, we've been privileged to be able to give you a glimpse of it just through these broadcasts. And, and what a joy it's been. Truly yes. a joy. Yes. Well, we have a treat this morning. Normally we would do prayer and a little bit of banter. And then we would begin with a guest and we'd start our broadcast. But our guest is an early riser and he's a priest. So, uh, Father, I I was going to ask if after we pray the morning offering here, if you could just offer a blessing for our show, that would be uh, wonderful. Let me also get you plugged into the right channel here so we can hear you later on when we get to that point. But let's begin our morning in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. And please, Father, could we have your blessing. The Lord be with you. And And with with your your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Mother Seton, pray Pray for for us. us. Yes, it's a beautiful feast day today here in the United States. I have a very unlikely devotion to her. You'd think, like, you know, this paratrooper, soldier, priest, like, I love her because... And she's associated with the military. She prayed in Emmitsburg. They prayed up a storm when it looked like a battle was about to brew and it was going to just ruin their whole property and everything. They're like, please, if you're going to fight, you can't do it here. And that battle moved down the road to, to Gettysburg. Wow. Wow. Oh We're going to have to come back to that here. Um, <laughs> let, let's, well, let's properly let's, yeah, introduce yeah, our well, let, let, Let's do this. Uh, our, our first guest this morning is Father Pete Pompasello, although it was easy to remember his name because he said, just call me Father Uncle Sam. He's a chaplain in the United States Army with the Archdiocese for Military Services, and we're going we're gonna to talk about all of that in a minute. Um, other things we've got going on today, you know, it is the third day of Seek 24. We are doing our morning show live from Mission Way. It's quiet now, especially last night was a late night for everyone. It was Eucharistic Adoration Night, fabulous keynote talks by Father Mike Schmitz and, and Dr. Ed's Edward Tree, um, and then, but most important, it was what followed it was that evening of adoration and uh and confession and confession we were we were in there a long time it was yeah. amazing it's uh you know i i went to an event right before all of that with about a 1500 2000 people from the archdiocese of st louis gathered together and archbishop rosansky was talking about the importance of evangelization and how you know we're, we're praying to use this event as a transformative moment, but not one that stays here, one that sends us out into our parishes, into our communities to evangelize. And so, you know, it, it, it may be today that we see some of the fruit from last night. It may be in a few months, but I know there's going to be fruit. It's Lots. just a matter of, can I find the tree? You know, Amen. <laughs> that's the Amen. big question there. So uh, this, we're here this morning. We're also going to be here this afternoon for a broadcast from 4 to 5. We've got some very special guests for that. Um, but I think the, the most important thing I want to remind us of today, tomorrow is the first Friday of the month. And so we have our Sacred Heart Devotions tomorrow. And Saturday is the first Saturday of, our, of the month. So we have our, our first Saturday devotions to the Blessed Mother as well. Uh, before we get you know too involved in conversation here, we do want to get everyone to check of the weather this morning in our Saint of the Day, who we just heard a little bit about. So let's send it back to the studio for uh, Mike Roberts and our Weather and Saint of the Day. Today is the feast day of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Born in New York in 1774, her parents were members of a prominent Episcopalian family. Elizabeth lost her mother at the age of three, and when she was 19, she married William McGee Seton, a wealthy businessman, and together they had five children. But William died of tuberculosis in 1803, leaving Elizabeth a young widow. 
After discovering Catholicism in Italy where her husband died, Elizabeth returned to New York and entered the Catholic Church. And there started an academy which initially was very successful, but several families withdrew their children when they discovered Elizabeth had become a Catholic. In 1809, she moved to Emmitsburg, Maryland, under the advisement of a French priest, and there began St. Joseph's Academy and Free School, an effort which would plant the seeds for Catholic education across the United States. She founded the Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph in 1811, and the congregation adopted the rules of the Daughters of Charity founded by St. Vincent de Paul. Her legacy now includes religious congregations whose members work to meet the needs of those in poverty across North America and beyond. Elizabeth Ann Seton died on this day in 1821 at the age of just 46 and was canonized in 1975 by St. Pope Paul VI. She was the first citizen born in the United States to be given the title saint. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, we are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven live from Seek 24 in downtown St. Louis, presented by the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And it has been an incredible week. And one of the things we've said repeatedly on our broadcast, Patty, is how much we love seeing old friends, but how much we also love making new friends. And our first guest this morning is a new friend, Father Peter Papasello. He is a chaplain in the United States Army. Uh, serving with the Archdiocese of mili- for Military Services. Uh, we know one of the auxiliary bishops very well, Bishop Joseph Coffey, Coffee. who was stationed for a good while here in St. Louis. And we and also have priests of our own archdiocese yeah. that are serving in military services currently right now. I and, know and of. have served before. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's a great thing. And, you know, I think of he, he didn't serve in our archdiocese, but he went to our seminary and I, I now I'm going to blank that I'm on this Father spot. Emil it, it's Father Emil Cap- Capon. And, Capon and I and I can't remember if Father Capadano went through ours I don't think Father Capadano did but Father Capon did and there's a nice little area with a picture of him um, at, at the seminary at the seminary it's, absolutely it's a wonderful thing so yeah. I'll throw in with uh, Cardinal Dolan who will say the mass this morning he's my ordinary I'm yeah. from the Archdiocese of New York on loan from from him with his generosity yeah. to the Archdiocese of the Military. Well, okay. well Father, it, it's great to have you Welcome with us Welcome to today. Covenant Network. Thanks so much, Patty. Thank you, Adam, for having me. Yeah. Now, uh, we, we've talked about the Archdiocese before for our listeners, but uh, just to give some perspective here, I know it's it's uh, by geography, it's the largest archdiocese in the United States because it's not actually bound by territories. It's wherever the, the armed services are. Correct. That's where Correct. the Archdiocese covers. Basically, so the, the Archdiocese for the Military Services serves all all of the all the catholic needs in the army navy air force marines coast guard va hospitals and and it's all under the auspices of the arch the arch archbishop timothy broglio and his auxiliaries to provide the sacraments and to live the first amendment right that all these people they have a right to their religion and we provide them the sacraments wherever they may be them and the you know the soldiers the sailors the airmen and their families yeah it's a beautiful mission and an important one, I think, because we know of the sacrifices that so many military families make when they are away from their families. How many, um, first of all, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got involved with the right, military services. Right, here, because here in St. Louis or in your home diocese of New York, you know, you would, I think I have a vocation to the priesthood. You go to discernment, you call you the vocation director. At a certain point, you apply for seminary. You go to seminary, your local bishop ordains you. Um, but when you don't have a geographic territory, how, how does that work? Right. So, so every priest in the Archdiocese for the Military is on loan from a home diocese. And my home diocese being the Archdiocese of New York, I had been a soldier years ago. I had been, oh. I was commissioned as an infantry officer through ROTC right out of college. But then I discerned the priesthood. And in discerning the priesthood, I, I felt called. I was like, wow, you should use this, this skill set that I have, this culture that I have of being a soldier. I'd love to bring my priesthood to that culture. It took some twists and turns. I, it presented itself, and then it kind of it went dormant there for a little while. My, my ordaining bishop, God rest him, uh, Cardinal Egan, he, he, he preferred that I'd stayed at home, which was fine. And I was home for 10 years. I, I served as a pastor in the Bronx at Holy Cross, and I, and I, I loved my time. But I was getting, as I was getting older, I was like, wow, I still have this on my heart. And 
Cardinal Egan retired, Cardinal Dolan took over the diocese, and I asked him, I was in my mid-40s, and I said, you know, I really, I'd love to do this. And he, he gave me permission, and thanks be to God, it's been 10 years now, uh, three years in Alaska jumping out of airplanes, five deployments to the Middle East when I was stationed in Kentucky, and now I'm charged with this special mission that I'm an army priest recruiter. I look for priests and seminarians to serve in the archdiocese for the military services, particularly in the army, but I can also coordinate for young men that are thinking about military service in the Air Force, the Navy, but, but my, my focus is primarily with the Army. I, I, we need priests. I'm, I'm one of less than 90 priests in the Army on active duty, and we need about 400 to really meet the needs and the mission of the Army. Wow. wow. So one of 90, and you need 400. So I know that Roughly. when a priest goes into the military service and, and chooses to to, to serve in that way, how many families, how many people might that one priest be, quote-unquote, oh, that's, that's, in charge of? Yes. So <laughs> when I was, I was stationed at, I will just leave it at this, I was stationed at one post that had about 23,000 families. Wow. You know, like it's a small, it's a small city, you know, that you, when you think about it. And I'm often, our priests in uniform are often the only priest chaplain in the area, they may be a, several of them. I was assigned to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, at one point where there were three of us. But three priests, you figure, oh, well, they got this dialed in, it's no problem. But one's away for training, the other one's deployed, and one of them is on home station for all of those soldiers and families. Wow. So it's, it's, we're, we're stretched pretty thin. I, I like to use the analogy, it's like we're just a little bit, of, little dab of peanut butter, and there's a lot of toast. <laughs> That's right. You are spread wow. very thin. And, and it, oftentimes, I understand that the chaplains, like you're, you're a Roman Catholic chaplain, Roman Catholic priest, but you're not exclusive for the Roman Catholics in the Army. You are a chaplain for anybody who is in need of a chaplain if, if you're the guy there and you're the guy that's available. Yes, yes, Adam. Thanks for bringing that up because I, I serve as a chaplain to serve the First Amendment, that Congress makes no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise of religion. I'm in the Army not for my religion, but for the religion of the soldiers. If it coincides, that's great. You're Catholic, I'm a priest. I can hear your confession, I can prepare you for marriage, I can baptize your children. But if you come to me as my soldier, and you are my soldier in my unit, in my battalion, or my brigade, then I say, well, okay, you're Jewish, and you need help, and you want to you wanna eat kosher for Passover that's coming up? Hold on a second. Let me help coordinate for meals for you. That's part of my responsibility, and I take it very seriously because everyone is, is entitled to the freedom of their religion. And it's, it's, it's great if it coincides and, and I can do all things Catholic, but if it's not, that's okay too because I'm, I'm there for their First Amendment right. Wow, that's beautiful. What are some of the greatest joys that you've had as a military chaplain? I, the first thing that comes to mind, and I, I love this. I have a whole thing of this on my Instagram at fr.unclesam on Instagram. I get to hold, sorry grandparents, but I often get to hold the babies first. I go and visit, I go and visit, you know, young parents in the hospital and I'm often the first one like right there at the hospital because here we are in Alaska and, you know, it's like here we are in these remote places and, and it's mom and dad and, and, you know, they get the, you know, the parents, the grandparents get the phone call. It's like, okay, you know, she's in labor, like we're coming, we're getting airline tickets and I get to, that's one of my greatest joys really to, to share in families. I never thought of that. And it's so unlikely, right? You'd think like this, you know, this, this soldier, but yeah, that's part of, that's part of the work that we do. It shows that you become part of their family and you've been invited into their lives and in that very special moment, you're the one that can be there for them and sharing that joy I think that's incredible it's so precious you know I got to shout out to Mary Grace I got to I baptized Mary Grace up in Alaska and I just got to see her the other day in Maryland because that's how the army family works it goes around and comes around I I baptized Mary Grace up in uh, Mary Margaret up in uh, in Alaska and the grandparents live near where I live in Baltimore now. So I got to see them, you know, and, wow. it's like, and she's eight and a half now. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> what that's a beautiful, beautiful thing it is. Well, Father, I know uh, every time I've spoken with Bishop Coffey, um, one of the questions I love to ask is how can we pray not only for you and for your fellow chaplains, but also for the families? Because, I, you know, even if you're stationed here in the States, the life of a military family involves a lot of sacrifice, which is very freely given. 
Um, so how can we pray for the, the people under your care, and how can we pray for you and, and your fellow chaplains? Please pray for for the fidelity that, that needs to to be there for these these men and women who serve in uniform. They're, the demands of, of serving in uniform, it calls for a lot of separation from family. Mm. They're separate because of training. They're separate because of deployment. And that's dangerous. That's, that's very, it, it can be really trying for families. Could you imagine your dad five? Could you imagine not being plugged in and connected for months on end, you know, nine months, 15 months, you, you're not physically present. Right. It's really difficult. You yeah, know, just three days this week has been <laughs> terrible. And so I can't imagine three months or nine months or, you know, whatever that deployment may be. And, and with that, if, if your listeners could pray for, pray for these, these families to look for creative ways to stay even more connected. They need to be more connected in separation. They need to find new and, and innovative ways to stay in communication with each other, whether it's talking, texting, whatever they got to do to maintain those bonds of love because that's when the dangers happen. The separation and there's dangers that, you know, it, the moral dangers. The moral dangers, in my opinion, in 10 years as an Army chaplain, the moral dangers of this profession far outweigh the physical dangers. I mean that. Wow. I mean that. Wow. There, yeah, there's physical, there's physical danger. You know, jumping out of airplanes, bombs and bullets. The moral dangers far outweigh because they're persistent. They're daily. Yeah. You know, they're daily minute-to-minute wow, minute dangers. Wow, you've got some incredible perception there, Father Peter. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and what can we do for you um, as well? I know we have a broad listening base, and just I know we need to pray for you as well in the work that you do. Um, and tell us how we can so be of service So on, on the broad level, if you'd like to know more about what I do as an Army chaplain, go to goarmy.com slash chaplain, and you can read more about what chaplains do and how they work. You want to get in touch with me personally, go to fr.unclesam, Father Uncle Sam, fr.unclesam on Instagram. You can DM me, and you'll see a good, a good amount of my life as, as a chaplain and as a recruiter and what we do to serve the troops. Wonderful. And, you know, like Patty said, we have several priests from our archdiocese who either currently are or have previously served as chaplains in the armed forces. And I know uh, most recently when one of our priests said, I, I, I'm going to be saying goodbye temporarily for a period of time to go serve again, there was a lot of sadness in the parish. There was a lot of sadness in the archdiocese. He's going away. But, you know, I think about how grateful I am to be able to get to Mass at my parish, to be able to call up my pastor if I really need to and say, Father, I need to get to confession, and I can't wait till Saturday. And he's like, come on by, you know. Um, saying goodbye to a priest that we love so he can go serve 23,000 families somewhere, I think, that's, I think that's a great sacrifice, as, as hard as it may be for us. What, what a great gift it is to have priests that are willing to say, I will go. And what I think I want to encourage our listeners is to encourage that priest when he does say, I think I might have a calling to be a military chaplain as well. And don't discourage us. Oh, we need you here. No, we need to be people that we, that's our part of the small sacrifice that we can make for our armed service yeah. families. And it's an actual honor for our archdiocese and as well. I love how our Sarah Club, you know, when they send out the, the Christmas cards, the birthday cards, all, yes. the, all the cards we send out throughout the year, they track down our priests that are serving in, in the, the military. And, and they make sure they get cards too. And, and pray and, and be thankful for the generosity of the bishops who let these men go and serve. They make a sacrifice. The yeah. bishops make a sacrifice of their priests. They need them at home. But thanks be to God for the generosity of Cardinal Dolan to send me to this work and yeah. other bishops that send, send their priests to do this work. Well, I can Wonderful. tell you have a joy in what you do and you have a passion for it. And so we are very thankful for you spending time with us this thanks morning so and being on Covenant Network Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Wonderful. Father, thank you Good stuff. Again. Thanks so much. Thank All you. Right. Pleasure thanks, to Patty. meet you. Great meeting you. Well, one of the uh, things that has been happening this week is that there's been a lot to process and a lot to take in. And that's true for me. That's true for uh, Patty. And that's true for some of our participants. And the, just walking by this morning, you know, Patty and I had planned we were going to talk about what some of the things we've experienced and uh, who, who should walk by. But the daughter of Roadmap to Heaven frequent guest and Roadmap Roundup panelist, Corey Grizzle, uh, her daughter, Bernadette Grizzle, uh, is here this week. Bernadette, it's, it's good to have you join us. It's good to be here. I haven't been on the radio since I was like 10 for maybe uh, when we were doing... 
Oh, uh, ra- you you were a radiothon guest. <laughs> well, don't worry, yeah. we're we're not asking for any pledges today, and, and uh, we're not asking anyone to call. There, there's only a, a skeleton crew back at the studio, so I don't think they're prepared to receive a, a bevy of donation calls. But we, we would take them. Let's just be very clear. All right, so there there's a lot um, going on here this week, and Bernadette, you're where, where are you a student at? I'm a student at University of Missouri St. Louis. Right. I so just started there this past semester. Are you here with a group from Umsel, or are yes. you? All right. What, what's what's the pulse in the group? How's everybody been liking it? What's what's the best thing so far? Oh uh, well, all the ladies decided to stay together, so that's been pretty nice to have that community to go back to and be talking to after. Um, to process. After, to process, which you know is not very long. We 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 process in the car and then we crash when we get back. <laughs> uh, very much so last night after adoration, which yes. was just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Well, that's the right order too. You process at the car crash when you get back instead of crash in the car. Yes, process I, when you get back, you know? I I said it the wrong way I, last I, night. They're like, no, 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 let's not crash yet. <laughs> no. Oh man. I'm sure it's exhausting, but I'm sure it's also really just edifying for you to be here with all these other fellow Catholic college students. Yes. Yeah. Now, did you get to go to the movie the other night? I did not. No. Okay. So that's one thing I know, Patty. We want to talk yeah. about is that Pat, the Patty was in tears after the, the documentary on Michelle Dupong. Yeah, I do eventually um, want to see it, but I was not able to make it the, uh, to the premiere. How are you doing after last night? I mean, that was a big night last night. Oh, my head hurts. I'm running on nothing but the Holy Spirit. My my sisters in Christ went and got coffee, and uh, I I said I don't I don't need coffee. I'm fine, and now I'm regretting that decision. <laughs> yeah, now, if, 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 if there was one takeaway, I was from just last gonna night, say, what was your takeaway? What, what's the takeaway? Oh, uh, a lot of the conference for me has been how to be a better friend. And last night, I had a friend there by me that I was writing to, and I guess my takeaway was just I want to be doing that more. Be speaking to them more and writing to them more about who they are in God's eyes and how uh, other fellow Catholics see them and just other people in the world. They don't, they don't really see themselves. Mm. And so while the C conferences opened up my eyes to just how God sees me, I want to make sure that other people know that as well. So beautiful. I'm not very good with my words all the time right now is a rare moment, surprisingly, but um, I, I found that writing it out helps me a lot. I'm to a writer things. as well. And that's beautiful. Yeah. You can process it when See, you, I'm when you journal. <laughs> I, I am. I you don't such, think I, I'm an embarrassment to my mother. I am bad at grammar. I am bad at spelling. <laughs> uh, I just learned yesterday that I can still write in cursive. <laughs> you know what? I, I once heard you don't have to worry about those things when you journal or when you write a yeah. letter when you just write from the heart those things will take care of themselves and especially don't... when you're in adoration exactly I'm like, I, I'm, I think I only misspelled one single word the whole time <laughs> <laughs> now it, it's it's great to hear you talk about uh, focusing on being a better friend and and that that's what's speaking to your heart we had a great conversation yesterday morning with Simone Riscala who gave this uh, beautiful talk on the epidemic of loneliness and the remedy of mm-hmm. Jesus in the Eucharist and to hear that you know what are you doing you're writing letters in adoration and you're focusing on being a better friend in adoration um, how do you think you're going to be different after this week what, what you know what does Bernadette look like when she walk, walks out these doors I want to say that I'll be connecting to people in a better way it's something that I've been struggling with for a long time so I've in one way been able to connect to people, but not been able to hold on to that. Mm. So being able to hold on to lasting relationships. Mm. Um, it's something that I've been taking a lot away from this week here. Is And community is so very important to me, but I've never known how to truly be involved with the community. Mm. Um, so how big would you say your community on the campus of University of Missouri-St. Louis with your fellow Catholic students that you've met there, which is a beautiful thing, by the way, mm. that you're already, you're a freshman, you said? No, no. I'm a transfer. Oh, sorry. Okay. So halfway so tr- through, kind of. <laughs> transfer student. Got it. But, yeah. you know, meeting new people on that campus, which is a large campus. Mm-hmm. So how has that been, that community feeling there for you? And what do you think you can bring from this back to UMSL? Oh, so... The community there, kind of like how I've reached out to them is, is the question, right? Well, yeah. How have you been connected? How, okay. how did you get connected with this Catholic community at the University of Missouri-St. Louis? Well, right away, I was excited at the fact that a Newman Center, I was at a Baptist college before this, so I was excited to have any Catholic community on campus. Um, and early on in the semester, I struggled getting out to events. Um, I was working babysitting jobs, and it just always fell on those days. Um, but then later on, I started to connect with the, the girls especially, which is new to me to have some good female relationships. Beautiful. Um, 
but so how many of you are here oh uh, let's see i think there's five or six of us girls and four or five guys so yeah. Good group. That's a good group. Yeah, it's, it's not so big that you get lost in it, but it's not so small that you feel lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's Wonderful. great. I love well, it. Well, Bernadette, it, it, it's a joy to have another Grizzle with us yeah. on the air, <laughs> and not, not just to give out phone numbers and say call and make a pledge, but to, to talk about <laughs> just how God is alive and God is working here in our hearts. And I know uh, I was talking with your mom the other day about when are you going to come back on Roadmap to Heaven, and she said, I've got some ideas. And I think what we ought to do is we, we ought to have the two of you back on. Oh, that'd be together. fun. That'd be a little chaotic. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. With well, that. we we like a little a little, a little <laughs> bit of chaos here on the morning show. I mean, two two female grizzles. Goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what we're going to do now. We are going to take a break this morning and get ready for our next guest. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Consecration to Mary, my queen and my mother. I give myself entirely to you, and to show my devotion to you. I consecrate to you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, good mother, as I am your own, keep me, guard me, as your property and possession. Amen. Well, Patty, it is a morning of Come Holy Spirit because I realized this morning as we were getting ready to go on the air that most of the guests we spoke with about coming on the radio this morning, we said it'd be great if we could do it Thursday morning. And sometimes you know how it is, you get just so busy with things. You say, did I, did I confirm, did we confirm that? And, and that's a really bad question to be asking at seven in the morning. Uh, luckily we did. Yes, <laughs> and all absolutely. our guests are going to be here. Um, but while, while we get ready for our next guest, I really wanted to ask you, you know, in our afternoon show on Tuesday, we, we spoke with uh, Ken and Marianne, Mary Ann DePong for about 25 minutes about the story of their daughter about the cause that's been open for her canonization. They're in the, the evidentiary, uh, evidence gathering phase right now, all of her writing, all, everything they can find about her. They're gathering and going through the diocese, getting ready to send off to Rome. And then it was announced that Tuesday night, as part of the late-night activities, there was going to be a movie. And it wasn't, you know, just, uh, oh, well, here's an entertaining movie. It was a documentary about Michelle DePong called Radiating Joy, the story of Michelle DePong, former focus missionary. And you stayed up late on I a did. school night I did. And, and went to go see this documentary. I had to go see it. You know, Adam, we, we've been talking to so many people and asking them, you know, what's your takeaway from Seek this week? What is your takeaway from Seek this week? And you and I meet so many people and we've just met some beautiful, beautiful people and, and reunion, of course, and unity and joy and all of those things are takeaways from Seek. But on a personal level for me, my own takeaway from this Sikh experience has been meeting Ken and Marianne Dupong from the Diocese of Bismarck, North Dakota, getting to know them. And we actually had a, I had a dinner for them last night. And so we, on a personal level, really got to know them last night. But then going to see the documentary about their daughter, Michelle. And um, I, I was moved to tears it was so inspiring, so beautiful, so well done. When I say a documentary, this is not a 15-minute thing. This is not a 20-minute thing. This is an hour-and-a-half movie that is going to be released. I mean, it last our Tuesday night was the first showing of it ever. ever. Um, her parents had only seen it a week before, so it was just finished. Um, produced by Focus, because of course Michelle was a Focus missionary, so they were very proud to be able and have it ready for this C conference. And the room was packed with probably 2,500 people staying up late to watch this documentary. But the part that is my takeaway from this whole Seek was Michelle's life of joy, which was a very normal, simple life, but you know, in a sense, truly normal. And that's the part that's just blown away is she just, there's so many people that knew her and were touched by her or normal people. I knew people that were on the screen that, that had met her, that were influenced by her. And, but yet, but yet, it was how she always, always asked about the other person, always saying, and how are you? How are you feeling? How is your day? When nurses and doctors would be coming in and literally telling her there's nothing else we can do your cancer has spread she's getting the worst news of her life and she'll look at them and just pause for a moment and then say and how is your day today literally say those words in the in the darkest moments of her life not thinking of herself and 
And it was such an inspiration to me of how I hope and I pray that someday I might be able to carry a cross if God gives me a cross such as hers. If I could have one ounce of her joy and her holiness. And they had video footage and photographs that were just so beautiful. Like I said, I'm tearing up as I think about it. That's my takeaway is that I hope in my life if if something should happen to me or that I should be given that cross of cancer and to and been and be asked by our Lord to carry it, if I could remember Michelle Dupong, if I could see her face and her smile and her joy and her witness, oh my goodness, um, it was just incredible. Yeah. That's all I can say. So listeners, if if and when this this movie is released in theaters, which they're hoping to do, I do want to encourage you, if you hear anything at all about this movie, Radiating Joy, The Life of Michelle Dupont, go see it. You will be inspired. Take your children. Um, it's I'm, just so important. I'm going to tack onto that. If you hear anything about it and you haven't heard it from us, call us and let us know because we want to know yeah. and we want to share that with uh, with everyone we can as well. You know, Patty, uh, along those lines, I, I can't help but think, you know, when I hear her her story of some of our, our modern saints and blessed. It's like Blessed Chiara Badano. And every time I go out to Jefferson City to the Catholic High School there, uh, they have a picture of her on the wall in the chapel and her story of dying again of cancer and uh, just offering that suffering to Jesus and, and offering that with joy. Or, um, you know, Carlo Acutis, Blessed Carlo Acutis, yeah. um, another great one for us to imitate. And then just around the corner from us at our booth here, we have the, the Sisters of the Home of the Mother. And for those who know Sister Claire Crockett and her, her story and, and her, the documentary you can see on YouTube about her uh, as a young Catholic, the, the witness that she gave. It's just truly, truly extraordinary. And as, you know, as a father, I'm just praying like, Lord, help me, help me get out of your way so that my kids can grow up to be like these young men and women. And, oh, by the way, if I could be a holy and a saint too, that would be great. Um, it, it's truly inspiring to know that we have saints in the making. And, in our and, midst. And, and to think like last night in, in a room with 25,000 people, you know, th- there's got to be some saints in there that just, you know, they haven't died yet. So they're not saints yet. They're here in the, in the church uh, militant here on earth and and. God willing, they'll be in the church triumphant in heaven, and, and God and willing, a, we'll know them, too. I was too. just going to say, and what a reunion it will be. That was another thing of my takeaway after watching this documentary is, Lord, I want to meet du- Michelle Dupont. Of course, I want to meet you. I want to meet the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and all the saints. And that's when I think of all the saints. My goodness, what a reunion that's going to be. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, today, this morning show is the show of people we're meeting here it's, yes. Except for Bernadette. We knew Bernadette. Um, but we're, we're happy to welcome Sister Heart of Jesus from the, and I have to make sure I say this correctly, the Mercedarian Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. Did, I get, did yes. I get that? Yes. All right. Well, Sister, it's so great to have us with you, <laughs> or, or to have you with us. It's Thursday morning at Seek, so we are <laughs> allowed grammatical mistakes. One. I know, I know. <laughs> but our, our, I'm going to hit the, the, the two questions I ask all the time first. Sure. Please tell us the charism of your order and how that's lived in the apostolate. Yes, so we were founded to spread the love of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, and uh, our mother foundress, Venerable Maria del Refugio, uh, she founded our community in Mexico in 1910. And so this was a time when God was being taken out of, you know, society, the culture, schools. Um, and she said, like, how how can we transform society? How can we um, form Eucharistic souls? Well, we'll do that through teaching. So um, our sisters in the beginning were primarily teaching in classrooms, and um, they really formed, um, at first starting with girls' schools, um, forming young women to to know the Eucharistic Lord, to know Christ the Redeemer in his Eucharistic mystery, bringing them to adoration, preparing them for the sacraments. Um, our mother foundress was really big on um, teaching like our students that God is at the center of all sciences um, and that we can, like everything is found in God and we can, you know, bring our our children to know the Lord and live that out. Um, and so today we are, yes, teaching in schools, but it's not limited to that. Anyway, we can evangelize and bring people to know, young people to know Jesus in the Eucharist. So we're involved in campus ministries on a college campus, in high schools, campus ministries, um, in parishes and retreats. Anyway, we can evangelize with Mary in the light of the Eucharist. And specifically young people. 
Yes, primarily, but not limited to that. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like our focus, but I mean, we in that it goes to families and um, anyone we encounter really. Beautiful. Yeah, the young and young at heart. Now, <laughs> I, I know I know the next question Patty's going to ask, and I'm going to pre I'm going to beat her to it. Go to it. What, go, what's go your story? How did you end up in the, with the Mercedarian Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament? Yes, in short, God's grace. Um, <laughs> but Good I never answer. I never knew that I could be a sister, and so I grew up in Boca Raton, Florida, um, and I went to public schools. Now my family's Catholic. I went to church. I altar served. All of these things. I just never knew about vocations and like to religious life and the priesthood that we could become. Um, sisters. And, and so my eyes were also set on becoming an actress and all of these things. Um, but I was going to college and my plans kind of fell through. Um, I wanted to go to a theater school, couldn't afford it, didn't get into the right program. So I was going to the University of Florida to study broadcast journalism because it was the closest thing to theater, right? Um, didn't want to go to the school, you know, and uh, I was there and my parents were pushing me to get involved in the Catholic Center. Like when I went to orientation, they went to the church and like found out what was going on there, you know? Good parents. But, very good parents. <laughs> um, but I was at this stage where I had just encountered the Lord really profoundly in the Eucharist at a Steubenville conference before college. Um, but I still wanted like the college experience because, you know, I grew up Catholic. I did the right things and um, I was bullied and all of this stuff. So I was like, I'm going to do what the world says will make you happy. And so when I got to college, I was, you know, doing those things and just felt so empty. Um, turns out all my friends were Catholic, so they were going to the Catholic events. They were getting involved in focused Bible studies uh, at the Catholic Gators. And, um, and my parents were pushing me to get involved, so I went. And I encountered young people my own age on fire with love for the Lord. And, and that struck me. Um, and there was a cute guy, so I was like, I'll come back, you know. That's where, <laughs> that's where my head was. Um, and... There was this culture of discernment where, I mean, from the Catholic Gators, at least there have been at least 50 vocations to either the religious life or priesthood. And Catholic it's, Gators. It's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, at a secular university, right? one of the biggest public schools, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people were asking, like, have you thought about religious life? And I was like, what? Like, I could I could be a sister. Like, I didn't know that. So in my normal fashion, I started asking the Lord if this is what he wanted of me and tried to figure it out. So my prayer, all my prayer was, was trying to figure out an answer to this question. Um, and I was praying the novenas, you know, visiting sisters, all this stuff, and just really wrestling with it until, um, the priest there spoke these wise words of like, why don't you just let Jesus love you and stop trying to figure it out? And so when father Mike talked about it last Last night night. in his talk, I was like, wow, Lord, like this is the Holy spirit, you know, because it's it's what we need to hear. Culture is saying, you need to know what you're doing with your life. You need to figure it out. You need to have all the right, you know, the answers or whatever. But the Lord's like, just let me love you. And that was his message last night through father Mike Schmitz was, I want our listeners to know it was, will you, the main question is, will you allow the Lord God the Father, to love you right where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And that's such a beautiful thing. And and that's like, it starts with relationship. Mm-hmm. Like we all jump to mission, but it starts with relationship because if we don't know the Lord, how can we follow, you know? So we need to let him love us, let him speak to our hearts. So I started actually praying and just spending time with the Lord in adoration, developing those habits of prayer, mm. um, building that relationship. And uh, my senior year, I had a job offer for um, Catholic a Catholic media organization and uh, but I still had this this feeling of being called um, and I was like Lord I'm not gonna figure it out I put it in your hands I'm done you know um, I've tried and you know I know where that got me and so I um, just left it in his hands and then November of my senior year I was praying before mass and um, before mass I heard the Lord tell me in prayer I want you to start thinking about religious life again hmm. and I was like what you know <laughs> um, and I, I kind of give it back to him. I was like, you know, I haven't heard from any of the sisters that I've been in contact with. Um, and I got home that night and I had a missed voicemail for, from our vocation director. And she had called me like at the exact time that I, I was, you know, wow. talking to the Lord in prayer like that. And the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, beautiful. Now, now, Patty here is the mother of a vocation. Her son, My son uh, is, a priest. is a priest here wow, in the Archdiocese beautiful. of St. Louis. And, and I, as, as I'm hearing you tell this story, mm-hmm. and Patty, as, as you and I have talked about Father John's vocation story and, and your role in that and your husband Larry's role in that, and I'm thinking about my kids growing up, you know, 
how often as parents do we say, well, what's your plan? What, what, what's this going to look like? How are you going to do this? What does this mean? How are you going to finance this? How are you going to do that? You know, and that challenge to maybe not let that be the first thing I say, mm-hmm. but to say, all right, kids, whatever God's calling you to, let, let's just remember, first and foremost, he loves you. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves you. Let, let's, let's use that as the starting point, not what's your plan. So I think the key, too, is, and I, I, I heard this in your story, you you said your your original college plan fell through. You wanted to be an actress. You mm-hmm. wanted this, and yet somehow the Lord led you to Gator Catholics at this university where you didn't want to go. Right. God uses disappointments yes. sometimes in such a powerful way. It's to move you in the direction where he eventually wants you to go. And so he has to shut those doors as painful as it may be. I had the same thing in my life. I wanted yeah. to go to a different college. I ended up where I did by the grace of God, but it was a disappointment at that time. And we have to see those as hidden blessings and to truly trust that God has this big plan for our life and our disappointments along the way are for him to move us where he needs us to go. Well, sister, I can't thank you enough. This, uh, you know, we just met the other day, and, and we were talking, and so I've never heard of this order, but you, it was say a very your, pleasant conversation. Say your order again, especially for someone who might be discerning, and what would you say to that young woman? Let, let us yeah. know again, because we've nev- we have not heard of your order. I'll yes, be honest. Yes, so we are the Mercedarian Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament, and Mercedarian is Merced, Spanish for mercy. Um, and that order, the Mercedarian order, goes back all the way to like 1218 in Spain, when our our Lady of Mercy appeared um, to St. Peter in Alaska and um, wanted to bring about redemption. So s- women can look a- about our community at mercedariansisters.org. And where are you here in the United States? Yes. So we are in Baton Rouge. That's where I am. Gainesville, Florida, Cleveland, Ohio, San Diego, and San Antonio. Okay. Yes. And for any young woman discerning, um, just just let the Lord love you um, and, and follow. Just be with him. And and, and trust that he he desires what's your good. You know, he, he wants to um, show you and he wants to, to love you and bring you to more than you could ever even imagine. So to yeah. just remain with him and to just spend time with him in Eucharistic adoration. It reminds awesome. me of what a vocation director friend of mine says, that God has a charism that he's placed on your heart. And if you're discerning religious life, it's all about finding the community, not the apostolate, like, oh, I could do that work, but it's about finding the community that has the charism that matches the charism God has placed on your heart. Sister, thank you so much for being with us today. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about an opportunity for families. It may be the beginning of January, but it's not too soon to start thinking about summer plans uh, because as quickly as this week has gone by, it's going to be summer before we know it. You're listening to Roadmap to heaven, don't go anywhere. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom, that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. All right, we are back. You're listening to a very special live edition of Roadmap to Heaven. We are broadcasting live from Seek 24 in downtown St. Louis at the Dome at America Center, where, you know, Patty, we haven't really mentioned this much on the air. 25 years ago, this January, the Dome was filled. John Paul II was here. Uh, I was talking with. I was there. I was talking with a priest from the Archdiocese of St. Louis uh, last night who was telling the story about how he was asked to help be one of the organizers and that all these exhibit halls that were, and they were filled with people. It wasn't just the Dome, it was all these exhibit halls filled with people, and when the Holy Father arrived, they drove the Pope Mobile through yes. all of the exhibit halls before going into the dome, and then he vested for mass. And everyone was watching mass on these giant uh, projector screens if they weren't in the dome. And they brought communion to all of these. The logistics of that mass, the largest indoor the mass, mass ever. ever. And the other ever. thing I, I, I think is note, uh, it's worth saying is that the altar that is being used here at America Center at the Dome for the Masses here for Seek 24 is the same altar and the same yeah. chair to the presider's chair. So mm. the priests, the, the bishops who are celebrating Mass, 
in the dome this week are feeling that they're feeling the presence and and knowing that this was where John Paul II yeah. came and and the hmm. fruits of that have of course been huge for our whole archdiocese and now we're hoping the same fruits here well, from the seek will again the holy spirit will just shower down upon here, us here's a fun fact the same altar was also the altar that they used at the eucharistic congress up in springfield that we were at with covenant network back it. on october 28th yeah, very and special. Uh, wow. it, it's neat to see the, the lasting impact uh that you know it's not just something it's not a museum piece it's, no. it's a living part of our faith yes. and uh what what a great gift that is now uh, it's hard to believe that it's already thursday morning we, we have reached that point that you know, earlier in the week when we were getting tired for the first time, uh, we were saying, "Wow, this is going to be a long week. This is going to be a long week." And now we're at that part where we're saying, "Oh my goodness, this is going to be over before we know it." I mean, twenty-four hours and thirty minutes from now, we're going to start cleaning up our booth, and I can't believe that. And just as quickly as that's happened, you, even though the kids just went back to school yesterday, and they made it to school with two minutes to spare, Beth told me they they got there on time. Um, Soon enough, we're going to be thinking about summer vacation. We're going to be thinking about what we want to do as a family. And, again, about our kids becoming, God willing, saints and Beth and I, giving them good formation and things like that. And so I love walking around, not just meeting the religious orders, but also seeing some of the programs that are out there. And just a a quick drive, if if you consider 12 to, is it 18 hours out I-70 to Colorado? Kansas feels like about 38 hours when you drive I-70 through Kansas. Let's just be honest about that i love kansas but it's uh we we need to add some scenery to that drive Um, out in colorado there's a a place called annunciation heights and we are happy to have william moraski from annunciation heights on with us this morning and says i met some of your staff but patty has not and our listeners have not william i want to say good morning welcome and and tell us all about annunciation heights yeah i want to hear about this. thank you thank you yeah thanks for being here i'm really excited to be here i'm just really thankful for this opportunity we've been in kind of the same both of like meeting everybody connecting and just really having an amazing time of seeing where the lord is moving annunciation heights has been a really wonderful place for the lord to move and i think it's really appropriate actually that you talked about john paul ii this morning annunciation heights is actually a camp up in estes park colorado nestled in the mountains by rocky mountain national park and it is about a two-minute drive from camp saint malo which is the location where john paul ii went for his silent retreat days during world youth day in 1993 he was in denver and so his spirit and his prayer has really blessed the beginnings and the seeds of our ministry up there we're the Archdiocesan Camp of Denver, um, and we run youth and family camps during the summer, and then we run an outdoor education program during the school year called JP2 Outdoor Labs. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about family camp. I think that's one of the most unique things we do, and I think it's one of the things that we really want to continue to spread the news about. Um, it's really kind of rare in the country right now, but think about going to summer camp as a kid. You go on the zip line, you're going on the high ropes, you're going to mass, or you're in the cabin with your friends. Now just imagine doing that with your family, especially as a parent getting to do that with your kids, your kids getting to do that with your parents. You see your child on the high ropes and you get to support them. You get to go to mass with your child every single day. You have a priest around camp 24-7 who's our full-time chaplain from the diocese taking care of you. You're eating meals together. And then on top of all that, every summer we bring in about 40 Catholic college students from across the country who receive two weeks of training at the beginning of the week of the summer and then go on and during our family camps are assigned to your family. And so you have a personal summer camp counselor who's there to talk to you, to take care of your kids, to show you around, to tell you about their story, and then to hear your story as well as a family. And it becomes this really beautiful dynamic of adoption where you get this young Catholic student who is dying to chase down Christ and to live with him and they get a glimpse into your family and you get a glimpse into their life and what's going on on college campuses how the Lord is moving it's this beautiful opportunity for a give and take of ministry and just sharing which is awesome what a model and an example for someone with a family of children to have that young person Mm -hmm. give witness Oh, my gosh, this sounds awesome. You know, there was so much good stuff that William just said there. I but I, I want to point out what, what really hooked me when I was over at your booth and said, okay, we got to talk more, was when they said, and you don't have to do any cooking while you're there. We do all the cooking, <laughs> yeah. right? You, you oh, come yeah. and grow in faith with your family. You come and have a ton of fun with your family. Uh, the, the, there's tracks for the, the spouses. There's tracks for the kids. There's tracks for the little kids. There's time mm-hmm. that everybody comes together. And at the end of that, you don't have to worry about, all right, now what am I going to make for dinner? Because oh, yeah. we're making dinner. You know, it, it's, oh, yeah. it's such a blessing. Oh, no. It's the little like things, William. <laughs> 
I love the idea. Uh-huh. I love the premise. And then, of course, you've got the scenery and the great location of being in the mountains. Can't beat it. I mean, seriously, it's a, it's tough for a family during those young years mm. to get away and have a vacation. What yeah. can you, where can you go when you've got kids of multiple ages that's going to please the six-year-old and please the 16-year-old? Exactly. That's tough. Exactly. And where can you go as a family where mom and dad also then get some quality time? I used to always pray. I used to make all of us go to confession before we'd go on vacation because I said, we're about to be together for seven days and I don't know <laughs> if I can handle that. Where, whereas this would be oh. such a beautiful place. I mean, I would look forward yeah. to that. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to have yeah. to tell other people about this. Annunciation Heights, huh? I'm going to awkwardly interrupt us here okay. uh, because it's about that time we need to do our station IDs okay, and we're, we're, at, we're at a good point to do that. So, okay. you, you know, and, and again, today, a little extended edition of Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to go till 815. So you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to pause for station identification and be right back with you. Prayer for God's blessing of one's daily work. Oh Lord, my God, Creator and ruler of the universe, it is your will that human beings accept the duty of work. May the work I do bring growth in this life to me and to those I love and help to extend the kingdom of Christ. Give all persons work that draws them to you and to each other in cheerful service. I unite all my work with the sacrifice of Jesus in the Holy Mass, that it may be pleasing to you and give you glory. I beg your blessing upon all my efforts. With St. Joseph as my example and guide, help me to do the work you have asked and come to the reward you have prepared. Amen. We are back. If you're just tuning in at 8 o'clock this morning, you're listening to a little extended edition of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network as we continue to broadcast live from Seek 24 in downtown St. Louis on Mission Way at the Seek Conference here at the Dome of America Center where uh, thousands of people are walking past right now on their way into the Dome to get ready for the Rosary and Mass this morning. And I've been told that Cardinal Timothy Dolan is the presider and homilist today, the celebrant and homilist for Mass today. Uh, It's good to have him back in St. Louis and... uh, I look forward to Mass this morning. We are talking with William Moraski from Annunciation Heights, a family camp out near Estes, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And uh, William, before the break, we were talking about all the different offerings for families out there. But one of the things uh, I I wanted to ask about, because, again, when I went to your table and I was just looking around, like, okay, what what are some of the options for families? I got a family, and and I'm always looking for stuff. Um, Your missionary that was there made the comment that a big focus of the camp is family reconciliation mm-hmm. and uh i have i have four daughters and a son and uh when you have four daughters and a son there there's often need for reconciliation there's a lot of love there's a lot of friendship and they, they, but there is also a lot of reconciliation that happens mm-hmm. too when the bickering starts so t- but, but but what do you mean when you say family reconciliation at annunciation heights yeah, so family reconciliation is part of our programming where it focuses on not just giving the individual age groups their own formation, but giving the family as a unit formation. And part of that is giving them tools to then go do things together, specifically based on prayer. And so family reconciliation is one of those times where we talk with the parents, we talk with the kids from all the way from college students who come to all the way to those three to four-year-olds. We try to explain it in their terms. And family reconciliation is about an hour and a half of time where we let the families go to a silent place on camp. They can go to their rooms as a family. They can go to our grassy area, the gazebo, out in the backside of camp, just looking at the mountains. And we invite the father to begin this by going down the line from his wife and then his oldest child to his youngest child, looking at them, saying a prayer together and saying one by one, these are the ways that I have hurt you. I am sorry will you forgive me? Wow. And specifically using those words. And it's an incredibly powerful experience. And it is really a challenging experience. It's one of the things that when we first thought of it, it was like, okay, is this too much? But when you look at the heart of it, this is what we're called to as Christians. This is what we're called to as Catholics is reconciliation. And so after the father goes through that, then the mother and then the kids in the same order look back at the father and say, I do forgive you or I don't forgive you. And then they say, there was also this that hurt me and I forgive you. And so it is an explicit time for families to stop, set everything aside. There's no other agenda other than looking at each other, 
and saying, I hurt you, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? You hurt me, I forgive you. And allowing that reconciliation to actually take place. One of the things that we've encountered the families across the board and what we really prioritize in family camp is rest and just slowing down. Family life is incredibly busy, as you guys know. I just had my first child two Novembers ago. He's 13 months, started walking, and it's just like <laughs> all hands on deck. We're going crazy. But in family life, and especially in the spiritual life, we need time to stop, to slow down, to ask those questions, to have those conversations, to pray. And that takes time. And so family camp has really clear, carved-out times for family reconciliation. We have clear family times where we basically teach you and show you what does scripture prayer as a family look like? How do we do Lexio Divine with a four-year-old? So we give you practical tools to do that, and then we give you an hour to do it. And so the families get to go and actually pray with scripture. They get to go and actually have family reconciliation. They get to go and go to mass together. They get to go to adoration together. And so it's not just us saying, hey, this is what you need to do, but it's us saying, hey, here are some ideas. Let's do it. And you have the space and the time to exactly. do that in the midst of what we call virtuous, wholesome fun that exactly. you're having with your family. So you're making those memories. Yep. Um, I think that is so beautiful. Uh, wow. What a concept mm. for truly um, when we talk about rest and relaxation of what families truly need. Yeah. So often vacations can become what's this, you know, the next thrill, the next thrill, the next thrill. Yep. And you pack it with so much that you're exhausted from the vacation when you come home you almost need another vacation but you can't you got to go back to that daily grind absolutely. here you are providing oh my gosh I just think this is absolutely awesome I'm gonna be mm. telling people about this <laughs> um, what a wonderful opportunity for a different type of family vacation but probably the one that would make the most impact in your family life and probably the one that your kids would remember more than anything else because yep. of the time the quality of the time that you're spending together. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I look forward to going back to work after vacation because it's a, <laughs> it's a slower pace. Yeah. And I work in radio, and, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of move, move, move. We've got to make this happen right now. It's got to go right now. But with five kids going on a trip, especially when everyone wants to do something, and, and that you know, as a society, we were talking yesterday about the epidemic of loneliness. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other the other thing we we need to talk about is FOMO, the fear of missing out, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And as parents, I think especially we're susceptible to that. Like I, I want my kids to have a great time. I want I want them to have a great vacation. And I want them to have whatever we do that to be the best. So if there's an opportunity to do something, I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. I don't want them to miss out where, uh, you know, last summer we were, we, we just decided on a whim at the last minute. We both, Beth had some time off from the hospital. I was able to take some time off from the show. And we said, let's just go rent a condo down at the lake. Well, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to bring board games and we're going to bring puzzles. <laughs> and, you know, if there's screen time, it's going to be a half hour a day, and that's it. And, and there's, there's a pool. There are actually three pools. There's a lake. Maybe we'll rent a boat and go out on the lake. I don't know. We'll figure that out when we get down there. But the goal is to go and just Rest. be together yep. and do nothing. And, and yeah. sitting in that chair, looking, you know, we had the sliding glass door overlooking the lake and watching my son put together a jigsaw puzzle, a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. You know, it's better than anything I could have watched on my phone. But can you imagine mm. doing that out in Estes, out in Colorado? No, because then I'd be watching my son go on the zip lines, and I'd be watching my wife go. Because when we, last time we went out to Colorado, she and I did do some zip lining, and they said, you can, you can go upside down, and she goes, you can, and she went upside down. But how <laughs> oh, fun yeah. would it be for your yeah. kids to see? That's the other thing I think. Yeah. How fun would it mom be? Mom and dad have fun? Exactly. Oh, yeah. How fun would it be for your kids to see mom and dad all together, all of you together on a zip line or what? You yep. know. So tell me what a typical day might look like at Annunciation Heights at this fun family camp. Which yeah. Yeah. So a family camp starts in the morning with our first priorities, and that's prayer. And so we start with a thing called mountain meditation where we go to our outdoor chapel, which is this awesome amphitheater-style chapel that's just out in the woods on our backside of our property. And we start with a reflection from one of our summer staff. So they share something that's been moving in their heart and their spiritual life. It could be a saint story. It could be the rosary. It could be a scripture passage. And then we spend time in silence. And then we pray a rosary as a full camp. Everyone's there. We pray and the how rosary. Many, how many people are usually typically at, like when you say full camp, are we talking, is that 50 people or is that 200 people? Yeah, so our, our usual family camp is between 20 and 24 families. And so we're looking at anywhere nice. between... To like 150 to 200 people plus, depending on how many little people we got around, sure. you know. Um, 
And so we're, we're usually packing it in. Um, but it's, what's nice about family camps is that even what, no matter what the schedule is, we lay the law kind of at the beginning and say, hey, this is family camp. You know your family. Here's the schedule. Do what you can do. Because yeah. at the end of the day, right, what's going to stress out your family and make this the worst experience is if you try to do exactly what everybody else is doing. Mm. But at the end of the day, you need to know your family and learn to know your family and say, actually, no, we don't need to go to that. And that's yeah. okay. Okay. So after morning prayer. So we got morning prayer and then we go into breakfast. And then after breakfast, we have our first activity period. And our activity period is a similar to what we were talking, high rope, zip line, low ropes, team building activities. We've got archery, we've got arts and crafts, all the kind of classic summer camp activities uh, and then we do mass every day right before lunch everybody gets to come together we have some of the kids altar serve maybe some of the parents will read and then we do lunch and then we have rest hour and rest hour i think is actually in my in my mind in my, our experience it's the second most challenging thing before reconciliation for families because we, we tell them to do nothing <laughs> and they're like wait but i i have to do something i have to be moving you're like no everything's closed no activities are open the only thing you can do is be with your family take a nap go on a walk that's it. Our staff is taking naps. It's just you guys being. And that's actually, I think, a really important piece of family camp is just families learning how, like you were saying earlier, right, just to be together. There's no agenda except for being together, and that presence is super important. But taking that walk could be beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. That's my only choice. Oh, yeah. I know what my choice is. It's yeah. going to be take that walk. 100%. <laughs> I and love it. Yeah, so then after rest hour, then we go into our breakout sessions for the afternoon, and so that's where the parents go to the parent session. Then we've got a high school, middle school, elementary. We've got a three- to six-year-old Catechese of the Good Shepherd style formation, and then we have our baby watchers who are just there to hold the babies and take I care of them. Love and it's it. awesome. Oh. Yeah. After that, we come back together and we do pavilion time, which is where the families all come together. Sometimes we'll do a skit. We'll read a Bible passage, whatever our theme is for that summer. And then we'll start to model what they're about to go do. So if it's the first day, we'll talk about Lexio as a family. If it's the second day, we'll talk about reconciliation as a family. We'll explain that to them. And then they have time to go do that before dinner. And then dinner ends. They do a big kind of all-family activity. Sometimes we'll do skit night. Sometimes we'll do a talent show. Sometimes we'll do like a little family Olympics. And then we have our evening spiritual programming. So anywhere yeah. from Beautiful. adoration to praise, confession, we'll have a parent social in the evenings or a big kids campfire as well. So it's just yeah. an awesome, packed, but really beautiful day. All right. Now, on the, uh, on the off chance, I, I suppose it's not reasonable to think all of our listeners are going to drive down here and get a day pass just to go to your table and get more information. <laughs> I suppose that might be too big of an ask. Maybe. Uh, what, Maybe. Where can we go for more information for everyone listening? Yeah, just look us up on AnnunciationHeights.org. We have a website that has all the information. On the top, you look for the summer camp tab, and underneath there, there's the family camps. And you can find all the information, more questions, and my email as well to reach out and ask questions about it. William, I love this. Man, I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Come on out. Come on I, out. I, I, yeah. Thank you so much for... Uh, Coming to talk with us this morning and, you know, your generosity, I, I, I just, you know, ambushed some young guy working at your booth. He's like, I, I'm just a missionary. I don't really, I know about the camp. I don't know what, if I'm allowed to talk to you or who's allowed, who would talk to you, but I'm going to have William contact you. And <laughs> yeah, you you're go. like, let's do it. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Let's be on the radio. It, We're it's here been at a, Seek. Yeah. We say yes. You yeah. know, you say yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I hope you get many St. Louis area families coming to Annunciation Heights this summer. Yeah, we'd love to have them all. We'd love to have them all. So. Yes. All right. Well, here's, here's one other thought I have, Patty, as we close out the day and as we're talking about family camp and the vocation of We're Marriage. Closing out the day. We're still coming Not, back yeah, this oh, yeah. afternoon. <laughs> Adam, come on. Get with the program. I, I, I'm only a half a cup of coffee in here, folks. This, <laughs> this is you know. the first show of the i got to go see Kelly He's over dragging. at Life He's Team. Dragging. She's got the good coffee over there. But, uh, you know, here, here's the thing. As we close out this broadcast, um, I, I have watched, I don't know how many religious orders walk in today, every day, in their habit, watching the seminarians walk in. They're getting ready for Mass. They've got their, their cassocks and their surpluses on. Um, and seeing that lived witness of vocation. Well, they, you know, just because we don't wear habits in the vocation of marriage, um, you know, we have our rings. But mm-hmm. it's important for us to visibly be a sign of our vocation. And not mm-hmm. just in the world, but most importantly, in the home. And mm-hmm. as much as I, I laugh every time I give Beth a kiss or she gives me a kiss or even a peck on the cheek that the girls all go, oh, Mommy and Daddy smoochy, smoochy, they smoochy, smoochy. <laughs> it's important for our kids to see us living out holy, healthy marriages. And it's important mm-hmm. for our kids to see us making marriage number one uh, because if we want our kids to have a great family life that we have to have a great marriage and and, and it's god marriage kids mm-hmm. in that order 
Uh, so let's live out our vocations as well. Although I am, I am telling you, Patty, every habit that I see come in, I'm like, that's a cool habit. I love, like the Sisters of Life are walking by right now. They have an amazing habit as Good morning. well. Good morning. Um, you know, we, we had the Sister Gemma from the Salt Sisters, uh, Sister Heart of Jesus from the Mercedarians. It's just so many great habits here, and mm-hmm. it, it's a wonderful thing. Um, there's a lot more to come today. We're going to be back with you at 4 o'clock this afternoon. We've got some very special guests lined up in the 4 o'clock hour that you're not going to want to miss. Um, Eileen Piper, Vice President of Lifelong Mission from Focus, is going to be with us. And uh, Don't give it away, I'm Adam. not going to give it away. <laughs> Don't give it away. I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going <laughs> to give it away. We've got some special guests. It's going to be fun. And we're back tomorrow morning for a broadcast. So tune in this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Tune in tomorrow morning. If you've missed some stuff this week, uh, check out the Roadmap to Heaven podcast wherever you get your podcast, especially if you're saying, I want to tell my friends about this, this uh, Annunciation Eyes you all were talking about. Well, it's as simple as clicking like and share and, and sending that. And plus, when you do that, be a little selfish for a moment. The, the, I don't know how the algorithms work, but every time you click like, subscribe, share, follow on a podcast, it helps put that out there to more people. And we're all about spreading the good news. So mm-hmm. that's a very simple thing you can do to help us spread the good news. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus, we give you thanks for this morning. We ask you to send your grace upon this day. And to, uh, if you could also send us coffee, that would be great too. But most especially, just pour out your grace. As we get ready to celebrate First Friday tomorrow in your sacred heart, help us all to fall deeper in love with you throughout everything that happens at Seek 24 today. And we give you thanks for this show as we pray all glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As, as it, it was, was in, in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen. And I'm going to add some saints to our little litany this morning. So Mary, Mother of the Church. Pray for pray us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray, pray for, for us. St. Jose Sanchez del Rio, the patron of this conference. Pray, pray for, for us. St. Junipero Serra, patron, uh, one of our patrons of vocations. Pray, pray for, for us. us. And Elizabeth Ann Seaton. And St. Elizabeth Ann Seaton. Pray for us. as well. William, thanks for being our guest this Thank morning. Thank you so much. All right. Pleasure. Well, we are going to actually... Sign off now so that we can go to Mass, and we'll be back with you at 4 o'clock today. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Patty Schneier. And I'm Will Moraski. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Pray your rosary, and we now return you to our regularly scheduled programming currently in progress.